What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we are back to analyze the UFC 292 card going down this weekend from Boston, Massachusetts, headlined by Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley for the UFC Bantamweight Championship. A pretty fun pay-per-view card going down this weekend. Excited to break down these fights, as always. Joined by my co-host, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, uh, you know, from the womb, I was a avid, uh, you know, rival to Boston. So I don't, you know, I'm not as enthusiastic about this week. I don't like anything that has to do with Boston, Massachusetts, anything of the sort. Um, so I'm gonna let you know other people, you know, get uh, get all excited. But I feel like a few of the fights here fell off. You know, they, I, I think there's definitely less uh, less interest about it. But I feel that people will, you know, appreciate Aljamain Sterling after, you know, hopefully the title defense this week. But I will say, honestly, about Aljamain's career, like, I don't really like his prospects at 145. So I'm curious to see what uh, ends up going on with him and the 135 division as a whole. But we're going to start off at the bottom of the card. Well, what's going on? Yeah. How did your last week go? How's your summer been? Very po- very done. poorly last week, but I was I was just gonna um talk about I was also a Yankees fan for a, a period of my life, big A Rod fan. So mm-hmm. I uh, I kind of ditched the support of the Phillies and liked the 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 Yankees for a while there. Um, but I've, I've, kind of, I've lost I've lost all uh, allegiance to them actually. Um, after after the gang you know, retired, you know, A Rod Jeter, uh, uh, Mariana Rivera. Decided to move things on. Now I'm back. That's good. We honestly we didn't we didn't want you. So it's good that you went back to where, where yeah. you know your home. So it's I'm not like one of those. Yeah, I'm not one of those to like stick through with thick and thin. You know, oh, I'm, sure. I'm the type to jump ship. You know, um, yeah. Same way with fighters. Like I like a guy and then lose and then I'm done with them. You know, um, exactly. But but last week very very poor week of bets. Uh, biggest loss ever for me. Ever. Um, significant yeah a lot of units lost you were quite um, confident you were quite confident i don't know I, I mean rda rda uh fought very very poorly although man re, you know it might sound crazy to some but i really don't think that that was like that horrible of a bet i just think that rda actually just fought really badly in there and that was definitely a winnable fight um even it was even definitely a bizarre he, definitely yeah. bizarre fight I mean, a guy who is known for being an intelligent fighter in the middle of fights just did, didn't share that at all in this fight. So maybe he, he just needs, is. Yeah. He only needs one to up, he, he needs to hit up David Dvorak. Yeah, he's yeah he game plans well. Um, but um, only highlight of the card was your boy Martin Budai, but buddy, That's you know right. you've been banging, that, banging this drum for a while, and he's just a money train. That's one that we did get right, buddy train, and you know. I'm glad I didn't get too mixed up with the goals, the distance, the over, even though I did lean that way. And I just kept it to the buddy train. The buddy train, I mean, realistically, how was Josh Parisian going to win that by decision? And then I want to give a shout-out to my boy Chad. He called buddy by Kimura. I don't know if he he got that from someone else. Who cares? Either way, um, you know, he did call buddy by Kimura. I heard him say it from his lips to God's ears. And uh, buddy, buddy's just a steamroller, bro. I, I mean, I, this guy might be the next uh, heavyweight superstar, dude. He might be the. It might be him versus Spivak, um, for like a number mm. one contender fight in the in the very near future. Yeah, that would be good for the USSR mm. heavyweight championship. That'd be a. I got, bu- a I got buddy. I got buddy. I got buddy. Um, yeah, good, good stuff from him. Uh, New York's own uh, Marshall let us down. Let us down significantly. New Jersey. New Jersey, oh, but okay, yeah, yeah, that was bad. That was bad. You know, if it so were just a, uh, if it were just a a one unit loss for me, I'd be okay with it. But that that price just got so good before the fight, we had to add some. And then yeah, you're running, got, you're running your mouth. You're, you're running your mouth. You look real stupid. He just got destroyed in there. That was crazy. Um, but um, yeah, that's enough about last week, though. We got twelve fights this week: three women's fights, three middleweight fights, two tough fights. Two title fights, so a good variety of stuff going on here. Um, oh. And we're going to start things off um, in the women's flyweight division. Marina Moroz, Karina Silva, odds for this one on Bet Online, um, which is pretty much what I always use for money line. Has Karina Silva minus one fifty five, Mary Moroz plus one thirty five. Um, you know, easy analysis here. We're riding with Ukraine. Marina Moroz is is much much more proven. Um, 
been in the UFC for a long time, you know, really strong grappler, good in the clinch, uh, not even bad at distance as well. And, you know, Silva, to me, it just, I still have too many questions. I mean, the women that she has finished, uh, just a couple of quick finishes in round one, she, she finished that Chinese woman on the contender series. I just don't think that she's beaten anybody good yet. And Morose has been in the UFC for, you know, what, six, seven years at this point. I just think we have a much, much better idea of the the fighter that Rose is. She's only 31. She's training with good women down at ATT. And I think that she's going to be able to, you know, win this fight really wherever it goes. I could see her getting takedowns and, and staying on top here. I could see her outstriking Silva on the feet. You got to be a little weary of that Silva sub. But I just think that Moreau's, uh, the fight favors her, the more it goes. Uh, I mean, God, it's last last woman to defeat Mario Bueno Silva was oh no that's a lie but um that just goes to show you you know she has wins over you know legitimate fighters uh sabina Mazzo, mary buena silva um so i i'm going with morose here um yeah you know i mean i think morose is definitely a popular play this week solid dog money underdog female fight um going against uh a girl who uh i think karini silva she's had two i guess uh ufc fights right but the between the Batello fight and the last fight, where she leg locked the girls, it's been a, a bit amount, a fair amount of time. Um, but you know her her jujitsu game definitely looks dangerous. But some of her takedowns, it kind of looks like a little sloppy or something that maybe not that replicate. Uh, something you could replicate either on higher level fighters or on more than one occasion. Um, like that takedown that she got on the last girl, she kind of had like an over under and. He's kind of just, you know, bullied her to the ground. I don't really think that's happening against uh, Moroz. Um, So I do like Moroz, but I do think that uh, I, I could definitely see her get submitted. I think she she's not a girl that I think, uh, you know, is super in the weeds with. Maybe if she kind of get into the leg entanglement or something like that. But I think money line on her is uh, definitely, definitely a solid play. So let's roll with that. I agree. It does concern me a little bit how... Everybody seems to be on Morose, though. So, um, n- another Brazilian Silva in the women's uh, flyweight division. Some might be inclined to parlay these two. Um, not me personally, but um, and Natalia Silva taking on Andrea Lee Silva minus three thirty, Lee plus two seventy. Uh, pretty decent step up in competition for Silva here, but the odds of respecting are a huge favorite. Uh, any thoughts for you here on this next one? Yeah, honestly, this is another time. Where I kind of would like to play Andrea Lee again, you know, I did have her against uh, Macy Barber. I kind of bet on her a lot because, um, you know, I, I think after her like initial run, she she's only really lost a uh, very very competitive uh, decisions across her UFC career. Uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, she's well rounded. Um, but you know, I I do say Natalie Silva did look pretty dangerous and deadly uh, in her last fight. Um, so they kind of are in all her fights, honestly. So she does kind of scare me, but mm, you know, at dog money, it is kind of like a solid, I think, a solid play to potentially get this girl. We know, um, it, it is Silva's first time on the pay per view card as well. So, mm, you know, I'll, I'll decide later on, but you know, it's it's tough to not want to back. I feel like KGB at this number. She's you know she's a she she's solid in a lot of areas and a lot of experience. Yeah, it's tempting. Um, you know you got to think that the the takedowns would likely be the path for Lee. I think Lee um has lost some confidence in her striking over the years. You know used to be predominantly striking. Now she seems to be going to her wrestling a lot more. Uh, I mean, she did carve up Calvillo on the feet, but, you know, Calvillo doesn't really provide much resistance. So on the feet, I think it it has potential to be competitive, but you got to favor just the speed and agility of Silva. And Silva actually has, you know, legitimately good takedown defense. Um, Blada was able to get her down once, maybe twice, um, but she does a good job getting up. You know, she's done a lot of Jasmine's takedowns. And to me, I just think Jasmine is like a uh, just a much bigger... Um, stronger woman uh you know probably the same level level of wrestling as andrea lee uh and if she was able to stuff all those takedowns i do think she probably is able to avoid lee's takedowns and even you know if lee gets the takedowns guys what did we just see we just saw her take down barbara over and over in every round and the the, the fucking judges still somehow thought she lost the fight i, I know we shouldn't let that, you know, dilute us from the the fact that she probably did deserve to win that fight in that decision. Um, but it's just she doesn't do anything on top after she's getting these takedowns. So 
I mean, it's a tempting price, but an, I do think it inevitably loses. We're going to th- uh, probably see a Silva um, decision here. Um, but, you know, yeah, whatever. That's enough about that shit. Um, next fight. First of the middleweight fights. Um, GM3 taking on Andre Petrosky here. Petrosky's the favorite. Minus 221. Uh, GM3 plus 186. So, Petrosky. Man, you, you're you so much more excited. You, you can tell, man. You're... You're just kind of like building up. Are you okay? Don't don't have a heart attack. This this is exciting. Um, You know, this is exciting stuff. Um, Two two guys, I'm I'm cool with Petrosky, Philly guy, GM3. Historically a big fan of his. Definitely think he's getting a little bit past it at this point. Um, But uh, Petrosky, man, he's a hoss. He'd be... Hustling his way to a win, um, you know, rewatching that Wellington tournament fight, just impressive stuff, man. I mean, he's still kind of uh, very awkward on the feet. You know, he gets hit, he kind of looks unsure of himself at the, on the feet at times, but then he just blitzes in for a takedown. He got a really good chain wrestling. He's very heavy on top. Even when he gets put on bottom, I mean, he is, you know, urging to get him back up to his feet. And this guy's just a really strong grappler. He also has kind of that same DDP looking cardio where it looks like he's gassing. But he's actually not. He just, you know, looks really tired at all times. Um, but you know what? You definitely got to think he's going to be looking to wrestle here. And GM3 kind of actually does better against guys looking to wrestle him than to strike because he's not very durable. He's hittable. He can get rocked really quickly. So when guys are looking to wrestle him, he's not, you know, getting his chin exposed. And then he's able to work to submit or work some comeback of some sort. Um, but, you know, just... The most recent guy he's fought who's a grappler was Jocko, and Jocko got him in the clinch, dragged him down, easily avoided all the submission attempts. Um, and it's just Mearshart's takedown defense is a, is atrocious. He is so you know adamant about looking for these submissions that his wrestling is actually really horrible. So I think Petrosi's going to take him down, grind him out here, probably. Um, I think it's going to go over the one and a half rounds. So I think the over is one of the fights, uh, the bets on the fight I like the best. But I honestly think the Petrosky money line is the side here. I, I'm I'm not interested in betting on GM3 anymore. Uh, just in that last fight against Pfeiffer, man, he just he looked horrible. I mean, he was just striking with Pfeiffer, going one for one, not showing any intensity, not pressuring at all. Got hit with one big punch, and then he folded his tent. Um, so yeah, I think Petrosi's gonna, you know, grind him out, uh, to either a late finish or a wide decision here. Mm, yeah. So I'll say on this fight card as a whole, I don't think there's a lot of great spots overall. And, you know, I, I did see a little bit of, I believe, um, you know, action came in on GM3's way. I think, uh, if I, if I'm not mistaken, I think, uh, Petrosi was a little bit more heavily favored. And I mean, I feel that. You know, he's a southpaw. There's two southpaws here. I do see how it could potentially go over um, here because GM3, even when he gets taken out early, he kind of like positionally, you know, I guess it should be able to stay safe. But I just don't really trust GM3. He's just so fucking random. Like sometimes he, uh, you know, he gets a guy and he's able to, you know, uh, survive and he'll be able to take a few shots and, you know, he herky jerkies his way to, you know, a decision win against, like, freaking Eric Anders back in the day or, you know, some other fights where, you know, let's say, like, Bruno Silva where he finishes them later or, you know, di- different fights of his or Jocko fight. It, obviously, Petrovsky should be able to win. I mean, but he's got a little Michael Chiesa quit in him a little bit because, you know, I feel like if you play him in a submission, you know, never know. But I'll give him credit. In his last few fights, I thought that he had, like, an opportunity to kind of break or just, you know, have the fight get out of control. And he was able to uh, to keep it to his script and, you know, kind of win easily. So I would pick him, um, you know, to win this fight and uh, maybe get a submission here. But, you know, I, I think I'll probably just pass on it unless the money line came in a little bit lower. But I would pick Andre Prochowski to win for sure. That's a good point about, yeah, working through that uh, tough tough spot in the determined fight um he battled back well there this is probably the toughest test of his career i mean Terman is his best win outside that and um, and, and, and this is a close you know philly's close to boston so it's like you know it's not it's not a hometown fight but you know it's definitely pressure i think this, this is for for or was the last fight paper determined for the pay-per-view right it was or yeah no. in brazil I think. it was yeah yeah no it and, was? Um, oh, i'm pretty okay. sure yeah i'm pretty sure it was to and no no 
No, it wasn't. It was Madison Square Garden. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, it wasn't. But um, also, I mean, uh, Petrovsky was submitted by Brian Battle when he gassed out back on tough. So that, mm-hmm. that does seem like a um, tough fights. Next, speaking of tough, we have um, the Bantamweight final. Cody Gibson, Brad Katona, two former UFC fighters here. Katona minus 185, Gibson plus 180. This line just came out today. The fight just got technically finalized last night. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, I don't got that many thoughts other than I just feel that um, given that Gibson is plus money, I think they said, um, I think he's probably a good side. You know, Bracketone is a grinder. He's going to try to, I don't know, do a lot of stuff, look really active. Um, he's not very good, I don't think. Um, but he's competent everywhere. He's got good cardio. He's tough. Um, he's a fucking nerd. So he's going to have, you know, he's going to know the places to attack. But I feel like he's a little bit of a staller. Um, at times and stuff like that, but you know, Gibson I think might accept take that. I don't know. I'll take Gibson though. I think Gibson could maybe uh, get better positions on the ground and on the feet. Probably fifty fifty, I would imagine. So I'll take Cody Gibson at plus twenty. Yeah, I'm on the same page. Um, you know, you know, you said he's a little bit of a staller. I mean, he's a huge staller. I mean, he's a total decision machine, Brad Katona. I mean, it's his striking on the feet is very, you know, he just kind of picks at you and and then he looks for takedowns, but he de- never really gets dominant positions. His fights end up just, you know, and stalling and holding in the clinch. Um, should be noted, we saw this last week uh, in the Viana, uh, the Poliana Viana fight. There, are, there's a new rule uh, in MMA where the judges, uh, or the excuse me, the referees can be a lot more liberal with breaking up um, the stalling on the ground in the clinch. So if you're, you know, fighters that are just holding on, you know, they're they're going to start getting penalized for that. Um, so Cody Gibson to me just seems like a guy who wins fights more decisively. He is able to finish guys. He, I believe he finished both of his opponents on the contender series or on the, on the tough. Um, he just, you know, mauled uh, Rico in, in his last fight. And, you know, Hunter Azure had, had trouble, you know, with Rico and obviously got finished in that fight. And, you know, Cody Gibson just made it look easy. I mean, I think this guy is actually, um, probably at his career best. Um, even though he is 35 coming off a win over John Dodson just a year or two ago, um, and I just think that if anybody's winning this fight, clearly it's going to be Gibson. And if uh, Brad Katona is winning the fight, it's going to be like a split decision, you know, grinding, stalling type of fight. So I'm not interested in laying, you know, 80, uh, 65% on Katona, who is going to hold his way to a victory here. So um, keeping things going in the lightweight fight, you know, final next, Kurt Hollebach versus Austin Hubbard. Odds for this one have Hubbard minus 175, Hollebach plus 150. Um, I'm thinking like a, these fights are very similar to one another, just like I was saying against Katona. Um, you know, Hubbard isn't the same level of staller. He doesn't really, you know, uh, look to, to hold on to guys like Katona does, but he wins fights by a thin margin. And um, we saw that against Roosevelt Roberts in his tough fight. I mean, that fight was just razor close. I actually thought, you know, Roberts had a, a case to win that one. I don't I don't get it. I mean, it was tied after round two, and then it definitely seemed like Roberts won the third round. And then Austin Hubbard won the, won the fight anyway. I don't I don't get it. Um, but whatever. Really, who could who could give a shit? But um, Hubbard, to me, just doesn't seem uh, trustworthy of laying this juice on. Hollabach, on the other hand, when he wins fights, he is putting hands on guys. He's just, you know, punched a hole through Jason Knight's head. He submitted his first opponent on, on tough. And I just think that, you know, if anybody's winning this fight by finish, I think it's going to be Hollabach. And I just think this guy, you know, has a lot more intent behind his punches. Hollabach really looks to hurt you with his punches. While Hubbard kind of just, uh, you know, paused you, a lot of jabs, uh, just just seems like more of a decision-oriented fighter. So I think Hollebach just has a, a much clearer way to win the fight. So I'm going, you know, dog or pass on both of these uh, uh, tough fights. But are you you taking either of them? I think I'm going to take um, Gibson. Um, un- unsure about Hollebach, but we'll yeah. remain so seen. I got Hollebach. I'm going to take him, I think, at plus money, similar thing. You know, I feel that, you know, yeah, Austin Hubbard is solid, but... I just feel that it it could be a much closer. Like, if you tell me it's 1-1 going into the third round, like, you know, this dude, Halaba, is throwing, you know, throwing, I feel, with better better intentions than than Hubbard. Maybe he could have the rusting advantage. 
as well, even though I think Hubbard is competent there. But I just feel it's another kind of like 50-50 fight, um, potentially. And uh, and yeah, that I, I, I kind of just like her. I, I, I was kind of high on him during his UFC career. Um, so, so yeah, I'll, I'll just take him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that much. I didn't but, watch. Um, I'm be honest, I did not watch this the season of. I watched the the lot the fights and stuff. But like, I don't know if he like what the fuck his story is. You know what I mean? Like what what he was doing before that. But I mean, he looks like he's pretty tough still. And you know, I think he knows this is last shot. I think Hubbard. I don't really think Hubbard's really. He don't really give a shit if he's in the fucking UFC or not. So. Yeah, I mean he's 31 too, so he has like more time ahead of him as well. So, um. All right, that is going to move us along to the uh, second out of three middleweight fights in the card. Hobo Cop, Gregory Rodriguez, taking on Dennis Tolulan. Odds to this one have uh, Hobo Cop minus 361, taking on Tolulan plus 286. Huge favorite for Rodriguez. Hey, when has Rodriguez is a big favorite ever gone wrong, Ozzy? So uh, your turn mm. to start to run off. Yeah, went wrong before, but not going to go wrong here. I think Gregory Rodriguez here is going to settle for a nice win. Um, I think he's going to finish here for the Brazilian contingency from that is in Boston, which is uh, like one of the biggest ones in the in the U.S. And I like for this fight to also go under. So I think our boy Greg, Greg the leg, he's going to keep his uh, his hands up here. He's going to be able to throw the harder power shots at Dennis Salulin, have Dennis Salulin going backwards. Uh, from there, at some point, they will end up on the ground, and there will be a finish. I don't know how, how it'll come, submission or knockout. That's why I'm going with the under here. Even though it's juiced, you know, find a way to, I guess, play. No, I mean, that's just the way that I'm going to play it. So hopefully under minus 170. But I just think that it's going to, you know, there's going to be a finish here. Dennis Salulin's not really too much of a point fighter, you know, either. Um, he's kind of, he kind of sits down on his shots as well. He comes forward. Um, so I don't really think he's looking to f- win a fight by outpointing Gregory Rodriguez. Therefore, Gregory Rodriguez will get the fight that he wants, which is kind of just colliding. And I think a finish manifests early. Yeah, it should be a really high pace. I mean, uh, both these guys just don't know how to have safe fights. They both just get in brawls every time. Um, so the under probably will hit. Um, I don't love it at the current juice of what it is. Um, because... You know, I think if it stays standing, um, I think the over actually might, you know, might see we might see over one and a half because, um, you know, Rodriguez does throw hard. He does, um, you know, really, you know, wind up on some of his punches, you know, he versus a park. They were bombing on the feet versus Marquez. He was bombing him on the feet. Um, but Tolulan can absorb strikes to the head. Uh, I think he is, you know, fairly tough when it comes to to strikes, but it's when you take him on the ground and get him in bad spots, that's when he looks to, you know, uh, get submitted, you know, has been uh, submitted four times in his career. He did make it, you know, pretty long versus uh, Ikram Alaskarov. You know, he was getting dominated in the grappling in that fight, but just wasn't doing anything to, like, stand up. He was just staying safe and defending, and that's why he made it to the third round there. Um but also, RoboCop is just reluctant to use his grappling. There have been times before where this guy, um, you know, could have won fight easily with his grappling, but he didn't do it. Um, also, coming off a nasty knockout, a fight he definitely should have won. Um, you know, he was a big minus 350 favorite in that fight, too, and got iced in the first round. And then, you know, the guy who iced him got iced, you know, right in the fight next. So it's just like these fights at middleweight, man, they're random. A variance happens. And with a guy who just got knocked out, who's been knocked out a few times before in Rodriguez, I I love the guy. I'm just I just can't place any more faith in him after he screwed up that last fight. So um, hopefully he submits him and gets it done easy. Um, I would I think I think, you know, sub. What is it? Plus one seventy five, plus two hundred on RoboCop sub. I think that's probably the best bet of the fight uh, because even if the fight, even if Tolulin gets hurt on the feet, I think um, it's going to probably follow up with some ground of some sort, and uh, he'll probably get choked. So um, hopefully RoboCop can can get it done easily. Um, next fight is the last middleweight fight on the card: the return of Chris, my boy Weidman, taking on Brad Tavares. Odds for this one have Tavares, big favorite, minus 267. Uh, Wyman plus 227. 
Um, you know, the fighting spirit of Hawaii will be running through Tavara strong after the wildfires. I wonder if that'll play into the fight at all. It's my turn to break it down first. Um, you know, both these guys are, are old and definitely past their prime. Uh, Tavares, I think, has been showing it a lot more clearly. Weidman necessarily hasn't really shown, you know, shown that he's completely fallen off that cliff. Obviously, he got the leg broken. Um, but that, you know, the fight before that, though, Mariak Medov fight, you know, that was a good performance from him. Struggled early, rallied back late, showed good cardio, got the fight down on the floor multiple times. And, you know, that kind of looked like a little bit of a vintage Chris Weidman performance. And, you know, we were, I think, uh, picking him, betting him versus Raya Hall. I think he would have won that fight if, you know, obviously his leg didn't get snapped. Um, but now, you know, two and a half year layoff coming off the leg injury. You got to have a lot of questions about Weidman. I think it, it's Weidman or pass here because Tavares has always been um, kind of a thin margin guy, wins fights by decision. He has very good takedown defense, but um, he can just make fights closer than they have to be at times. For the uh, Look at the Omari fight. You know, both these guys fought Omari. Weidman beat him clean. Tavares, I thought, also beat him very cleanly, but the judges had it a split decision. That's just because Brad Tavares never puts a stamp on his wins, and he is minus 267, and at that price, you need to put a stamp on that, on your win, to win and to cover that price tag. So I'm not interested in, in laying the minus 200 on Tavares at all. I honestly uh, hope uh, Weidman has enough left in the tank to uh, come back here and you know maybe get some takedowns and win the fight. Although last time he was in Boston... I think it went pretty poorly for him. I, I believe the Dominic Reyes fight was in Boston. Um, it was, yeah. So bad PTSD from him there. Um, anything for you on this one? My boy Chris Weidman, Northeast Shootbox certified. He's one of the he's one of the pioneers, one of the founders. Uh, Mark uh, Mark Munoz found out that we don't only you know shoot, we also elbow and box. Um, and we faked the shot and we boxed that one and, you know, he ate a big elbow there. But, um, but in this fight here, obviously that injury was terrible. Um, but you know, skill, skill wise, obviously Chris Weidman, he's a tough dude. He's got a, you know, nice big frame for the middleweight division. It looks like he's kind of stayed pretty active with uh wonder boy and, you know, stayed nimble, stay strong. He looks pretty trim, you know, his body honestly looks um you know similar it's not like a guy like uh let's say like Nadia like you know where his the the frame you know uh changes so I think maybe he could do something here although um you know Brad Tavares I'm honestly surprised that the uh the goes the distance isn't like a bigger price because I would feel that um you know like they're not really given like Chris uh given his odds um a lot of finish equity which is surprising to me so i'm gonna have to inspect this fight a little bit more maybe see a little bit more um you know honestly chris weidman's media availability availability to hear what he's been doing and stuff like that i think this uh, fight would be a good one to actually do that for um but i'm obviously rooting for chris weidman um and i think that if he could get some grappling going you know um this guy is super heavy on top and uh, is is uh, is a dominant grappler. So I think if he if he's able to get it, him on the ground, you know, get into positions like mount and the back mount, won't be very good for uh, for Brad Tavares. Um, they have Tavares KO plus one forty five or one thirty five on Bet Online. Um, just off the top of your head, how many people has Brad Tavares knocked out in the past ten years, Ozzy? He's Did not he even no uh, no no uh no one. One, he knocked out Christoph Jocko, 15 or 17, 15 to 17 UFC fights in that time, one knockout. And they think that he is uh, over 40% to knock out Chris Weidman here. He's not even fast. You know what I mean? It's not like even if Chris Weidman was like slower because of the leg break that. So I don't know. No. Yeah. He, I like he's like a, he, he jabs, he leg kicks. He, bro, he does not like sit down on anything. He's not a pocket boxer. I don't know what the fuck they're thinking with that line. Um, honestly, I, I hope Weidman pulls it off. Weidman money line, Weidman, uh, uh, points plus 400, I think is good. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I think I, I think they're putting way too much stock into the leg break and him just automatically being shot. Uh, well, like Brad Tavares looked shot and bad versus Bruno Silva just three or four months ago. We know that he got knocked out there. I mean, Weidman might have fallen off that cliff, but 
you know, I don't know, man. I mean, he had a grappling match. Did you watch that grappling match of his? Um, it wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't. It wasn't that good. Uh, yeah, but that, a little bit better. That's that's a smart move from him, though. You know, get a little, get up, you know, a pro uh, competition out of the way, not a fight, and uh, get yourself a little more comfortable before you get back into a fight. So I hope Ivan pulls it off. Um, main card time fight that was thrown together on a week's notice in the bantamweight division. Uh, excited to see this is on the main card. I like this. Mario Bautista taking on Demond Blackshear. Bautista is the favorite minus two ten. Blackshear plus one eighty. And I believe uh, it is my turn to start this one. Um, so, you know, fun fight. Both these guys are cool fighters. It was supposed to be Bautista versus Cody Garbrandt. And he was going to be, uh, you know, minus 350 there. Would have been an easy matchup for Bautista in that fight. And now I think he's got a little bit uh, more tricky of a fighter. Blackshear coming off that twister just a week ago. You know, ran through Jose Johnson on the mat and submitted him there. Um, you know, this fight is at 135. You know, you, you'd think the UFC would give him a little bit of a, a catch weight because you're having to cut weight back to back weeks, but apparently not. Um, but, you know, the way I'm thinking about the fight is on the feet, I think it's going to be competitive. I do think uh, Bautista will have a, a slightly defined edge on the feet. And then on the ground, I, I could see either guy having success. We've seen Bautista looking to wrestle a lot more in his recent fights, and he's been submitting guys, but he's been submitting bums. Uh, Brian Keller, Benito Lopez, Guido Canetti, uh, even the Jay Parent. I mean, the guys that he's beaten in the UFC are no good at all. So I, I think that, honestly, DeMond, even though he's only had you know two or three UFC fights, I think would be his best win in the UFC. Um, so it's a tough fight, man. And the way I'm, I, I'm thinking about the fight on who's the side is um, if if either guy ends up on bottom here, um, who do you guys trust to, to do better on bottom, to get off their back? To me, it's easily DeMond Blackshear. We've seen this guy put on bottom multiple times before. We know he has a, a good guard, good sweeps. Ability to get off his back, ability to submit off his back. And we just don't really know that same ability for Bautista. So if these guys are grappling with one another and they're competitive grappling exchanges, I trust Blackshear more in those exchanges, honestly. So uh, Bautista's on a roll. The dude's on some great steroids. Uh, he's the one with the full camp with only one weight cut. He has some advantages here, but this is still a really tricky matchup. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's dog or pass. And it's going to be a fun one, man. This is going to be a good fight interesting fight here for me you know definitely did not see this one coming um pause um because uh blackshear kind of he's he was just not in this i feel like this like quadrant like right outside the top 15 really looking to bust into it um which you find Whoa. a lot of guys that, yeah exactly um i listen i got it out of the way early so um don't don't, don't do that one to me so you can't you can't catch me slipping so anyway, like I was saying, um, at one thirty-five, there's a lot of these guys that really want to get into the rankings, um, and there's a lot of guys that squat on the on the rankings <laughs> as well. Um, but here, so Blackshear, my, my issue is that the guy is really, really strong, and a lot of the guys that Mario Batista has beaten, I feel, are guys that he really kind of overwhelmed uh, with with kind of the strength of the speed, like Guido Canetti. I mean, the guy's like forty years old. Brian Kelleher, you know, kind of didn't didn't um, respond well to the top game. Um, and then Jay Perrin was able to go three with him. So, I mean, I just don't think that he's some finishing machine, especially when you're thinking you're taking out the possibility of the submission as much, because I really don't really think that he's going to submit Damon Blackshear. My only concern is the wake up for Damon, although I think he'll probably be okay from that, um, you know, I'm just going to chalk it up to he's going to be able to cut the weight okay. Um, so I actually think this fight is going to probably go to a decision. Competitive decision. Um, I can see Damon, you know, getting to that body triangle a few times, being able to hold right out top position, pause, and, uh, and yeah. So I'm going to look to the overs here and the goals of distance. What is that? Um, no odds out for it yet. No odds for that yet. But so I, I agree. I think it will I think it will stretch the full 15. Um, mm -hmm. Like you said, I mean, I would be surprised to see Bautista finish the fight via sub. Uh, very mm -hmm. surprised. So that does take away like a big chunk of finishing equity. Um, so hopefully we get a good price. You know, the, 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 the whoever's making the line is probably just going to see, oh, he's submitted three people in a row. Uh, it, this is going to end inside the distance. So hopefully we can get a good line on that. That's what's going to happen for sure. Yep. 
Um, sticking in the Bantamweight division next, another fun fight. Marlon Vera, Pedro Munoz in this one. We have Vera minus 210, Munoz plus 180. Uh, action coming in on Vera, you know, just the past hour or two. You know, steam, the steam is coming. Uh, so what are your thoughts on this one? Marlon on Marlon. So Marlon Vera, finally last fight, he was able, you know, we're, I was able to get a prediction on one of his fights right that he would lose, but didn't really hit, you know, that that hard. It didn't really, you know, a, as dog money would. But I get another opportunity here. And honestly, I'm very surprised to see him at a minus 210 favorite, uh, given also the total and, you know, it being so heavily favored to go the distance. Because Pedro, he just, I mean, I feel like he's just a hard guy to look you know, good against, like, to win uh, against if you're not, like, at a, you know, a very, very quick and, and uh, cerebral striker because he muddies up, you know, a lot of strikes. He kind of is good with checking kicks and coming forward, um, pairing shots, you know, kind of, like, rolling with punches a little bit. And then he, he'll he counter you. He'll throw big counters, and then he's always going to look for the leg kicks. And obviously, he comes in shape. So I just think... Somebody, a lot of these fights at 135, the top top guys, I mean, you can maybe apply it to the main event, but I'll say why I don't think that's the case later on. Um, you get plus money on these, and I, I say it a lot, I lightweight as well. I'm taking a plus money on these guys most of the time, especially in a three-round fight. Pedro's not, you know, uh, he's down to even if Vera's, let's say Vera's not doing shit. Pedro's okay with doing like a kickboxing fight at range and, you know, beat outpointing Vera. He's, he's fine with that. He's good at it. So I'm going to just take a small play on him on the money line. Plus 180, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. Um, you know, the odds for this one to go the distance heavily favored, minus 325. Um, and then they have Vera uh, decision at even money, plus 100. And, you know, Vera in UFC decisions, three-round decisions, is two and six. Um, so... It's not like Munoz has, you know, an, an, an incredible record in three round decisions either. Um, I don't know exactly. I don't have the, the numbers on those uh, right off the top. Uh, I think he's I think he has a losing record. Honestly, I think he's like four and six, four and six in three round decisions in the UFC um, to, to, to pretty good fighters, though. I mean, we've seen Vera lose three round decisions to, to not good fighters, though. So um, I got Munoz here as well. Um, you know, Munoz, uh, known for being historically durable, historically hard to submit. That makes me think that Vera's going to not going to have, uh, you know, the luck just hurting his opponents. Like he typically does, you know, Rob Font was losing, hurts him. Uh, Dominic Cruz was losing, hurts him. You know, I don't think he's going to have that same equity here just because Munoz is so durable and Munoz is coming off, uh, you know, a stellar performance against Chris Gutierrez, you know, same price in that fight. I mean, Chris. To me, that this is kind of strange is that this price is the exact same as Chris Gutierrez. When Gutierrez is, you know, uh, a pretty skilled striker, I think a more skilled striker than Vera, you know, just uh, was on a good streak, just a smooth striker who had potential to, you know, outstrike Munoz just by being the quicker guy. Not the case at all. You know, Munoz hurt him with the punch, was able to get on top. You know, you always got to be worried about Vera being put on bottom. The guys take down the fence and get ups are horrendous. So I think Munoz can win the fight on the feet, uh, maybe land some hard shots and hurt Vera at some point. And then if he wants to hopefully take the passive of uh, least, least resistance, he's going to look to hit some takedowns because Vera can be easily taken down here. So I like Munoz as well on the money line. I think the price is very good. I'm going to be adding more to the money line if it keeps going up. And that's going to keep us uh, or move us along to the welterweight division, which uh, is a, another short notice uh, fight it was supposed to be Ian Gary versus Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal had to pull out. Neil Magny came in. A different Neil came in. And we have uh, Ian Gary as a massive favorite here. Minus 505. Neil Magny plus 380. Um, give us your thoughts on the fight, Ozzy. Um, and actually, oh shit, it's my turn to talk about this one. Fuck. I don't know. I don't like Ian Gary. You know, um, obviously. You know, I don't think his personality is very likable um, and just something about the guy just just pisses me off. You know, uh, I've definitely lost money betting against the guy long term. Um, but I'm wising up. I know I'm not going to I'm not going to be putting any dollars on this fight. Um, you know, Neil Magny, I think uh, is just too slow and hittable at range. He's going to be likely getting lit up with strikes. Only way Magny can win the fight is if he does, you know, the typical Magny win, you know, get the fight in the clinch, maybe hit some takedowns. Uh, but he couldn't even take down Phil Rowe, man. I mean, he, he was getting his takedown stuff by Phil Rowe. 
who we know is a very bad wrestler. So it just seems like Magny doesn't have, you know, the drive and strength to get these takedowns. And it's not like Ian Gary is a horrible defensive wrestler either. I think that, um, you know, Gary will be able to stuff the takedowns, outstrike Magny here. You know, they have the over minus uh, minus 165 over one and a half. I don't think it's out of the question that Gary just ices Magny early on here. Um, so uh, I wouldn't be wanting it in a vest that over. I think it's a very sweaty uh, over. Um, Gary KO round one plus 375, man. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't typically play those knockout round one props, but uh, I think there's a great chance that Gary absolutely lights him up and just knocks his block off in the first round here. I guess it could be sub as well. I guess maybe that's why you're getting a little better price on it. But uh, what yeah. are you thinking here? Uh, what yeah. are you thinking about the fight and what do you think about Ian Gary, you know, career? Yeah, I think Ian Gary is, is for real. I think he's a legitimate uh, fighter here in this division. Um, I'm not so sure about, uh, where it, that means immediate, you know, I do think there's a lot of forks in this, uh, welterweight, uh, road and ladder. <clears throat> and, uh, and yeah, you know how they have it with the kill cliff and Tim Shafkat fucking Usman, you know, Gilbert Burns. Um, but I think the guy's pretty good. Um, here, I think that um, I would personally want to bet under in this fight, but I don't, you know, I'm not really good at, I feel like predicting on the, you know, on the finish side of things, fights like this where it's like a clear step up in class for a guy, but he's also a bit of the favorite. Um, I just have not been able to call those uh, that well, I feel. But Magni just looks like he's a little slow. Um, he doesn't, he's not able to kind of like deflect and kind of anticipate and roll with the punches as well. Um, or at least he didn't in his last fight. And like you said, he, he really wasn't able to really dominate that clinch against Phil Rowe. Um, and Ian Gary, I feel he's in there throwing like that shot, those shots that he knocked out a uh, song, uh, Kinan with, those are some great shots that he was throwing late in that fight, carrying power. Um, so I don't think that really conditioning is an issue for him. And that's usually what uh, Neil preys on. So that's why I feel he's going to get finished. But, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I, I would say that Ian Gary, I think Ian Gary inside the distance is like minus 130, minus 140. And then that under is like slight plus money. So I would probably lean towards just taking the under. Um, right? What, what's the under? Plus 120, I, I think you could get yeah. a lot of radio. So I think... Uh, uh, I'll, I'll think about this one a little bit more, but that's definitely the side I'd be leaning. I actually think Gary ITD is good here. Um, you know, I I, I well, just took some. One, I just, I just plus, took some plus one thirty five for the under. I, I I would take. I mean, I, that's definitely uh, appealing. Yeah, but Magni also. I mean, Magni always is in great shape, but he he didn't have a camp for this fight. You know, he did um, only you know take the fight on a week's notice. Did did just fight. Um, looks like maybe eight or nine weeks ago um so you never know uh I, and then when he loses he has been getting ch uh, finished lately you know got finished um he was he just like pathetic against shavka when he got guillotined but yeah that, that's the thing it also does feel maybe a little bit like too good to be true so six, avoid six of his last seven losses have been by finish um, so I think YTD minus 135 is good. I, I I'm actually expecting Gary to just hurt him with a shot and knock him out in the first round. So, um, that's going to move us along to the women's, uh, strawweight championship fight. Co-main event time. Wei Li Zhang taking on Amanda Lemos. Odds for this one have, uh, Zhang minus 320, Lemos plus 270. Your turn to start this one off. Hmm. Yeah, these girls are gonna get busy. This is I love this weight class, one fifteen. Um, you know, I, I I thought that maybe Lemos wouldn't get the title shot, but I'm I think I'm fine with it. I just didn't expect it honestly to come on this card. Um, I thought they were gonna do like the Singapore thing, but whatever. Um, so yeah, so Lemos, the thing here is, um, I do think maybe she's a little bit underrated. You know, I do feel that um the girl has some skills in a few different areas and the physicality that she has is not as common in the, you know, it's kind of like uh, similar to Wei Li. Um, but, you know, she throws hard. I feel that, you know, she's like, she'll be able to maybe find Wei Li with like some single shots, but Zhang should be able to start off the exchanges and end the exchanges better. 
But you saw, like, in that, similar to that Rose fight, you know, it is possible to hit her. Sometimes I feel like she's, like, a very, like, pattern-centric striker where um, if you have really good setups, you know, that uh, she hasn't seen before, you know, very, uh, you know, you're very likely to catch her. So a girl like Lemos who throws, uh, you know, who's very quick, very fast with her hands and stuff, you know, maybe she's able to to, to land a few shots early, uh, maybe stun her. Um, so, but other than that, you know, I do think that Whaley is more like a machine, like very steady, like, you know, keep, uh, you know, inflicting damage, you know, uh, getting ahead on, on strikes. So I would, I would think that she should be able to chip away. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't blame someone taking a dog shot here, but I, I, I think the odds are probably mostly accurate here. Um, under is not very, that, that interesting to me. Um, at three and a half, at the minus two hundred five, or any of them, so it'll be an overall pass fight for me. But I do think that Lemos probably has a little bit better chance than people really are uh, giving her credit for. Um, interesting. I'm surprised to hear you say that you think the price is accurate. It sounds like you have more faith in Lemos than what the money line has given her. Um, but you know, I don't have a, a ton of strong thoughts here, man. Uh, both these women. Uh, are are similar in the sense they kind of don't really have like that great refined skill. They kind of just use their athleticism to high roll finishes. Definitely the case for Lee Mosh. I think uh, Zhang is getting, you know, better skill wise and definitely the more skilled fighter of the two. Um, And I I think, you know, her being the favorite definitely makes sense, but I don't know, man. I think this is getting a little out of hand. I mean, we did just see Zhang uh, in the fight against, uh, Rose, I mean, she was completely gassed out in the fourth and fifth rounds of that fight. She had a good first three rounds, probably won the first three rounds, probably deserved to win that decision. But in rounds four and five, I mean, she was de- death gassed, laying flat on her back, unable to get up. Um, and that's the last time we saw her in those late rounds. No, I don't think that Limosh cardio will be very good as well you know she um has had cardio issues you know gassed out in the angela hill fight she did just get at that finish versus marina in the third round so i guess she's showing a little bit of improvement there but i don't know man i think if this gets like to the third fourth fifth round it's going to devolve into some really sloppy shit and i could see either woman winning in that case um and i also sort of feel like um it's either going to end in the first two rounds or it's going to go the distance. I, I think they're both going to be too tired uh, past the second round to finish one another. Um, you know, I, I, maybe Limos can hit her with a big shot and put her away like she did to, to Rodriguez, but I, I don't see it, man. I, I You know, especially with my, my thesis on these five-round fights, you know, Limos is uh, – is it her fir- – no, it's not her first five-round fight. It's um, second – uh, five- no, third. Um, and neither have gone the distance. So maybe the, maybe this thesis is not the best one to go with in this fight. I don't really have a lot of cohesive thoughts, as you could probably tell by the, the, the ramblings that I've been doing for the past minute. So I'm just going to cut it off and say that I'll pick uh, Zhang by decision. But I have no fucking clue what to really expect from this one. Um, the props, I haven't really looked at them. I don't see anything I like. Um, you know, Limos KO. Plus 500, I guess, wouldn't be too bad. We have seen Zhang get, you know, rocked and knocked out before. So, um, odds, uh, we're going to move to the main event. Um, main event time, uh, men's Bantamweight Championship fight. Champion Aljamain Sterling taking on challenger Sean O'Malley. Odds for this one have uh, Aljo minus 260, O'Malley plus 220. Um you know, just got to take an opportunity to to talk about how we got here. And that was Sean O'Malley's last fight against Peter Yan, which was um, 10 months ago now. Split decision win for him there. Um, and just rewatching the fight, I mean, I've always maintained that Yan won. Um, and I just cannot believe that he won that decision just rewatching it, man. I mean, uh, Yan, without a doubt, clearly won the, the second round. Nobody disputes that. The, the first and the third round were competitive, okay? but. I really think it's much easier to give Jan uh, both rounds, especially the first round, uh, than it is to give either O'Malley. So the fact that he won both of the 50-50 rounds while losing the clearest round of the entire fight, it was just some very low-outcome shit. You know, Jan was like a minus 800 favorite after the second round. Um, so it's a goddamn miracle that we're here, is what I'm trying to say, is that this this title fight was not one... Would, 
you know, O'Malley did not get here on merit. He is completely being elevated by being, you know, the UFC's, uh, you know, little puppet. And, you know, Aljamain Sterling is going to absolutely smash this guy, basically, is what I'm saying. And um, the last fight, Aljo's last fight, was there in person, you know, scored it for Cejudo when I was there live. Rewatching the fight, I think it's a pretty clear Aljamain win. I gave him the first, the third, and the fourth round. Um, you know, I think the first and the fourth are really clear Aljo rounds. Um, the second, the third, and the fifth are all competitive. I gave Cejudo two and five and gave um, Aljo the third, even though Aljo did end the third round getting taken down with that inside trip for 15 seconds. That didn't that didn't mean shit, guys. Um, Aljo still was up in that round. A little 15-second takedown doesn't change that. So um, clear Aljo win for me there. Um, you know, I thought his cardio looked better. Uh, you know, he, he in the Yan fights, he gassed out after the third round and was completely flat in the fourth and fifth. And then the fourth round was one of his best rounds of this entire fight uh, versus Sudo. And, you know, bro, he, he just hustled really well there, man. I mean, he threw a lot of strikes. He got the positions in, in the clinch where he wanted to, was being active for, uh, from the clinch with strikes. And, uh, you know, Suhudo just didn't do nearly enough to win that fight. But Suhudo looked good. I think it was a really good win for Sterling. It was nice to see him win um, a five-round decision. I, even though it was split, I thought he won this one, uh, you know, more decisively than he did the, the first Peter Jan fight or the second Peter Jan fight. Um, so I just think that they're, you know, the way that O'Malley was getting taken down versus Peter Jan, the way he was getting put on bottom, taken down over and over again, giving up his back to stand up. I just think there's no fucking way that he's stopping the grappling onslaught from Aljamain Sterling, who is probably the best grappler uh, in all of MMA or, you know, certainly top three, top five. But I think the way he blends together uh, the wrestling, the control grappling, uh, even the way he sets the takedowns up with his strikes, um, I think he is, you know, just extremely high level. And I think that, you know, he's going to pressure O'Malley to the cage, use his strikes to pressure him, use those long front kicks, those calf kicks. Uh, we know Aljamain or we know O'Malley hates getting kicked in the legs and we know uh, Aljo kicks the legs. So I think he's going to pressure O'Malley to the cage with his kicks. Get it, get in on a takedown, and he is just going to absolutely maul uh, O'Malley when it comes to the grappling here. I, I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think that O'Malley is going to even have a real moment here in this fight. I think it's going to be, you know, a shutout from Aljamain Sterling. But I've doubted Al, um, Sean O'Malley along the way a lot. I've doubted him a lot, and I've been wrong a few times. Uh, I've been right a few times, but I'm just going to continue to keep doubting him here. I don't think he deserves to be in this fight. I think it's going to be a mismatch, and I think Aljamain Sterling is going to finish him in probably the second or third round on the mat. And uh, he will cover. It will go under. Aljamain is the money line side, and I'm going to go with it being um, a TKO instead of a sub. Let's nice, hear it. Nice. Nice main event pick there for you. So, you know, you're going Northeast shoot box, you know, uh, in this main event, you know, uh, it bit you in the ass and you went against it back in uh, February, was it, when Peter Jan fought Marab? So mm, now you're yeah. on the right side. Yeah, now you're on the right side. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I, sh I think it's an interesting fight. You know, Sean O'Malley, he's, he's, he's accurate, uh, or accurate and athletic. Um, he poses like a he's like a different style guy, you know, at this weight class. You don't really see too many rangy, you know, guys with like that fast switch in and out movement. Um, so I think for Sterling, you know, obviously he's gonna have to um be cognizant of as he comes in. Sometimes he you know, he's dipping down, you know, changing levels and he's susceptible for spinning strikes sometimes, I feel. But I, I do think that um overall early this guy is just so on point um that is really hard to stop uh someone like that from uh from grabbing onto you um especially when he's you know quick and you know fast in those early rounds and i think that's when uh, sean o'malley is susceptible to um getting his back taken getting just squeezed overwhelmed um you know and, and pounded out potentially um, but you know, I, I think, uh, he might be able to stall out maybe sometimes in some grappling positions, maybe if they're in guard, you know, and, uh, Aljo's just throwing some ground and pound, that's not really looking to stop the fight. Um, so, you know, I think Sterling potentially need, will, might need, uh, a little bit more gas, uh, than he's expecting. And that's, I think would be, uh, O'Malley's best, uh, best chance. 
But obviously, I think I'm with everybody that thinks that there's going to be a finish here one way or another, um, either very, very early from uh, from Sterling or, you know, I think uh, even late, late could happen as well. So I, I got Sterling inside the distance. I, I think it was like plus like 140, I think is the last is like the price I got. Um, you know, so I like that um, because I feel that if he is grappling, he's going to be this is a guy that he looks to get to these dominant, dominant grappling positions where you can threaten a finish, um, whether it be submission or by uh, by strikes. And uh, and yeah, so he's in retain and then we'll see where he goes from uh, with the belt from there. Nice, nice, good stuff from there. Um, I have my uh, my three FMKs nice. ready to rock and roll. Um, oh. do, you, do you want me to give you give you mine first? Yes, please do. Hold OK, on. give me one second. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Gather your thoughts. All right. So they're all going to be props. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I, tr- I tried to make them um, a- around the same tier as of like interest. So I, I think these Let's are going to be some good, some good ones for you. These are gonna be tough choices. Okay. okay. okay they're all okay. going to be props. They're all going to be method of victory props. And they're all different method mm-hmm. of victories. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have the first one, Amanda Limosh by KO plus 500. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Next one, Hobocop Rodriguez submission plus 225. And okay. the third bet, Chris Weidman decision plus four hundred. Chris Weidman decision plus four hundred. Okay, so I got Robocop submission and Weidman that, and then Lemos KO. So I would take mm, interesting. Actually, make so, that five hundred on the on the Weidman decision on, on the on Weidman decision. decision okay, five. so I'm gonna fuck uh, the Lemos uh, by knockout. I'm gonna mm-hmm. fuck that. I'm gonna kill. Um, I'm gonna kill the Robocop. Uh, no, I'm killing the Weidman decision. Mm. Kill, no, no, I'm killing Robocop because wow, I'm killing the Robocop. I'm killing the Robocop submission, and then I'm gonna marry Weidman decision just because if the books are saying that he's just very not likely to finish Brad Tavares. I guess he's got to win by decision, and I kind of like him to potentially win the fight. So I think uh, that would probably have to be the most likely. And you know, so if I get to play Long Island uh, like that, I don't think it's uh, that bad. So plus five hundred sounds good to me. Interesting stuff. Not for you. All right, Martian. So Martian, you're gonna get uh, Mar- Marina Moroz plus one thirty. All right. So tuck that one away. We got Ian Gary inside the distance for you. At uh, minus uh, 135, correct, on DraftKings. And then the last one is uh, Pedro uh, Moneyline. Pedro Munoz Moneyline, plus 165. Fuck, marry, kill. Those three lines, Martin. What, what do you got? Um, well, Munoz is money lines up to 180, so I'm, I'm going to use that. Is that on, on DraftKings? On, on uh, BOL. All right, so use that number. Fine. Okay. Um. This these are good ones. I've bet all three of these already. So okay, okay. let's think. Let's think about this one. Mm, these are really tough. These are good ones, Ozzy. These are good ones. <laughs> That's your mind okay. in a pretzel. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, first off, uh, I'm fucking um, the baddie, the Ukrainian baddie, Marina Moroz. Or fucking. She's been wa- she's um, been waiting for another Ukrainian like her. Yeah, she's down. been hitting me up. She's been hitting me up for a while now, and yeah. I'm gonna finally, I'm gonna finally give her, give her the goods. All right, um, that's gonna lead me to marry the Brazilian Pedro Munoz, the old reliable mm. ATT's finest. Get that green there. card, Pedro. Get that green card. Yeah, he trains there. Um, so, um, and then, and then I gotta, I gotta kill uh, the guy, the other Florida guy ian gary itd minus 135 mm. i like this bet but it's it's juice you know it's the, you're getting the worst roi on the bet um and you know neil fucking magni has a way of clinging on and and weaseling his way to to surviving at times so there is a chance that looks uh that looks painfully uh, lo- Obvious. uh like a painfully losing bet oh, so no, yeah. fucking mirage uh marion munoz and killing ian gary and um, that'll do it. 
That those are those are good nice. ones though. You finish strong. You finish strong, Marshall. Nice. Yeah, I actually up. bet that that hobo hobo cop sub plus two twenty five. I bet that during the podcast. I know it has potential to be a KO, but I really, I mean, Dennis Tolulin's been subbed four times, been subbed recently a few times. You know, he gives up the back, he gives up the neck, and if hobo cop, I think oh. he's gonna be like, I'm tired of, I'm tired of giving up. I mean, Hobo Cop's gonna be tired of getting knocked out. He's like, yo, I just fought this bum Ferreira. I got knocked out. It's time for me to use my black belt a little bit more. I'm gonna submit this guy. So hopefully he comes through and, and does that for us. And hopefully everyone enjoys the fights. Um, hope I, I'm pretty confident our boy Aljo is gonna get it done. Uh, might be his last fight at bantamweight. But uh, any closing thoughts for you here, Ozzy? No. No closing thoughts from Ozzy. That is going to do it. Hope you all enjoy the fights, win some bets, and we'll see you all before the next UFC event, UFC Singapore, next week. Peace out, everyone.